Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Me Movie Review, Sparkin's podcast where we talk about new and recent movies. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we're back again to talk about something fun and different. But remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. Where else can they find us? Twitch. Twitter. Inst- Instagram. YouTube. I mean... Just, search- ta- just type in Spirekin in the search bar and you'll find us one way or the other. Yes. Uh, and remember, if you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe. And you can... Help us out and join our Patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy with four different tiers to choose from with lots of fun benefits for you to enjoy. But now that that shilling is out of the way, let's actually get to it because this is pretty long awaited because this was supposed to come out last year, this movie. And it's been pushed back and pushed back and it's kind of interesting because they waited because they wanted the director to officially win her award for... Uh, the Academy Awards before they released this movie. Uh, so that they can say it's Academy Award winning director. Yes. And um, honestly, they didn't need to wait that long for this, but we're digressing. So this is the 26th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it is the latest adaptation of a very niche group of characters from the Marvel Universe. Now, what is the movie we are talking about? Eternals. Yes, this was directed by Chloe Zhao, who made uh, Nomadland and several other films. Uh, This was based on the series The Eternals by Jack Kirby, and it's starring Gemma Chan, who is coming back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but is a different character. We have Richard Madden, Kamal Nanjani, Liam McHugh, um... What is his name? Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Don Lee, Kit Harrington, Harish Patel, and Barry Keegan, and Brian Tyree Henry. And the movie came out November 5th, 2021. It's got a runtime of 157 minutes. Its budget was $200 million, and it looks like it's going to be making its money back. Is that a good or bad thing? Well, it's a good movie. Well, let's be honest. For those of you who are unfamiliar with The Eternals, The Eternals were created by Jack Kirby back in the day. They were actually made after he had jumped to DC and created a little group known as the New Gods. If you're familiar with Darkseid and with Orion, that's from DC. He came back to Marvel and he created The Eternals, so he kind of ripped off himself. (laughs) And what the premise is that the Eternals are these beings that have been around since the dawn of time. There are ten of them, and they've been here throughout history, fixing things, moving things around, and most of our mythologies are based on them in one way or the other. Uh, You have Mercury, who is the resident speedster. You have Cersei, who is the impactful one, who is our main character. You have Icarus, who is the kind of field leader of the group. You have Kingo, who's... Uh, sellout? He's the one that is happy he's an eternal, but he also loves being adored. Which is weird from his comic version. You have Sprite, who is the person who's inspired... Storytelling. Yes, and inspired uh, Peter Pan and all these other myths, like Puck. You have Druig, who is very unknown. You have Ajak, who is switched from a man to a woman in this in this uh, version. Because usually Ajax is the the spiritual leader, but as a man, now they made Ajax a woman. You have Thena, who is, you know, Thena. 
Some might have really uh, remembered her from history as Athena, but her name is just Athena. And, you know, so these ten characters have been around since the beginning, and they're here for a specific purpose, to protect Earth from their counterparts, the Deviants. Now, if you read Marvel Comics, the Deviants are these just super evil beings who are hyper-intelligent, essentially bad Eternals. In this film, the Deviants are generic, non-speaking monster creatures. Yeah, but I actually really kind of like their design in this. They're like loopy and before they Before and... the thing happens, before the, the, the twist happens. Because they do have two designs before and after a twist. Yeah. Um, I do. It's kind of, I think, a waste that you did that. Because the Deviants are so interesting how they are. Because they're just Eternals who, who are evil. It's these beings that have been around that cause all the problems. They're the ones that Lucifer was named after and Beelzebub and all these other characters. And they just said, nope, they're just monsters that show up and attack things. And we're supposed to protect them. Also, this Marvel film also reintroduces the Celestials. And we actually get to see what they are. And officially, according to Kevin Feige, Ego is not a Celestial. He just thinks he's a Celestial. There's a big difference between him and these guys. And the Celestials, let's be honest... They are truly epic in scale. It's just, when they showed them in Gardens of the Galaxy, we saw them and it's like, oh, they're just people in big space armor. And you didn't realize they're gigantic. Like, bigger than the solar system big. Like, they show up in the sky and it's horrifying. Like, a celestial is not just a... Like a human being to a tiny little ant. Like we talked about in Dune, the sandworms, uh, Shai Halud. And yes. we're like, oh, they're big. They're scary. And it's like, that would be eclipsed by this. To them, this they would be a worm. Yes. 100%. We would be not even size of... I think we're the size yeah, of... Yeah, we're like little ants. No, we're like cells to them. We're like the size of a cell. No, but they can see us really easily. True. That is true. But they are gigantic. And seeing Ashram was like, Wow. And that is one of the good things about this film is that the visual design, Chloe Zhao is known for her majestic visions. And yes, she's obsessed with using Utah and Montana and it's like this true-to-life photography style of film and cinematography. And you see that here. The visions are beautiful. The locations are really well scouted. And that's to its positive. But then we have the actual plot itself. And I didn't hate on the plot as much as you did. I don't hate the plot. Don't get me wrong. It's not terrible. It makes sense. But before this, I reread the Neil Gaiman run of Eternals, where he covered it, where he brought up to the present. Like the whole thing was it's from the point of view of Matt, Mark Curry, a paramedic who it turns out is actually a memory lost Mercury. And it's such a compelling and great read. And then there's this, which it's like, huh? It's like, it's 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 jumbled and it doesn't seem like they knew what they were doing. It's two different movies that they kind of thought would work together and it didn't work. It's this visually stunning spectacle. And then you have this heartfelt story about family and time. And, and love. Just, there's and a love, love story in there. And it's just for some reason they're not connected. It feels disjointed. Yes. And there's so many elements that could work in this film that were so cool, but they don't work. There's 
And the cast is all, they're all on their A game. They're all really great. No one is poor in it. It's just, for some reason, they're not, something isn't working with them, the way that they're interacting. And some of the more compelling characters don't get a lot of screen time. But then you have someone like Angelina Jolie, an amazing actress, and how she's playing this character is... She's an exceptional actress. But this is, for her, it's a little below bar for her. Same thing with Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek is, she's not sleepwalking, but she could have done so much more with the character. It's like they said, we're just going to put you down here. We want, you know, usually you're at an eight, we're going to have you at a four. But the whole thing is that it's an ensemble movie, and it's not just about that one character. They have to share the screen. But if we look at our other ensemble films, look at Infinity War and Endgame. Everybody had their moment. This one, it felt like some characters did not have their moment. Well, this one, I felt like I really, so there's these, they're not people. These Eternals. These Eternals have lived throughout time, right? They're timeless. They don't. They don't age. They don't age. Um, But they, so they've been around since the beginning. And I like how it opens where. What's her name? Makes the Cersei. Cersei makes the primitive knife into a beautiful knife and gives it to the guy. And then like that's kind of her, hey, we're here to help you from these horrific things. We're here to just help. Mm-hmm. And it takes you to modern day where she's working at the museum or teaching a class or something, and it shows that, you know. The knife is the earliest discovered weapon from 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 humanity. From humanity, and it was it was just kind of I liked those moments where it takes them back to to different points in time, and it shows how they were kind of there and interacting with people. And that part I really liked. I think it was if they kept it for me. That's kind of the only part that I really liked. I would have liked it if it started in modern age, and then the rest was a flashback, and then it went back to modern. Not this. The past, present, past, present, past, present. Because bouncing back and forth, back and forth. They should have just kept it one way instead of the flashbacking. It just feels... Well, I liked the flashbacking. I thought that's... For me, that saved the movie. No, I love the scenes in the past. The present was where it was like... Yeah, but I didn't like all of the scenes. I didn't like all of the plots. Yeah. And the thoughts and the... There There were issues with that. Now, as for actors go... Like I said, Andrew. The Jolie, actors did an amazing job. But it was like, like I said, Andrea Jolie, she's okay in it. She's not she's not terrible in it. She's not bad in it. We had Don Lee as Gilgamesh. He stole the show because him, his compassion for Athena, Angelina Jolie, made that those characters work so much more. And it was so good. And then of course we had There's the, a lot of love in this movie. Yeah. And in different ways. Familial love, love of friendship. One-sided love. One-sided love, romantic love. There's a lot of, like, it, it encases every type of love. The one thing I... And then we had, of course, going to the actors, we had uh, Lauren Ridloff, the first deaf character in a Marvel movie. Not including Hawkeye, I know. Some people are going to retcon that, but, it's you know. But anyway. And I like her in this. I thought she was one of the best characters, and I love that she's, that she's um, a complete... Well, I don't want to say smart ass, but she's like, she's very snarky and it's just how she's talking to everybody. And she's kind of a klepto. No, she's totally a klepto. 
I liked her and Droog's relationship. I thought they could have expounded upon that because they just disappear for two-thirds of the movie. Then they come back like, we're back. And then one character who's been there for the majority of the movie just disappears. Doesn't come back to the end of the movie. Um, we have Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. And I like the character. I have no problem with the controversial thing of, oh, he's gay and married. It's like, that's it's just a part of the character. He was well done. I think he was really good. He's an inventor, and that's his thing. It's not he's not the strong man. He's the smart guy. And I'm this is not spoiling. This is direct from a, trailers, a, a and trailers and everything. But there's that moment when they go to find him, and they're like, "Oh, this must be a really well protected house. What's this made out of? Vibranium?" And he hits it really hard, and the table just like collapses. Yeah. And he just looks at him like this cool, you know, gay parenting um, suburban dude. Like, no ikea fall collection like you owe me a new table dude i thought that was really cute yeah but that's you can see why they use it in all the previews because it's such a cute moment even though there's so much more behind that moment and going to the person who smashed the table we have richard madden who eh, he's okay um you want to like him and you want to not like him icarus is supposed to be the superman one of the supermen of the marvel universe He's supposed to be, beyond reproach, an amazing symbol. In this, he's kind of slumming. He's like, I'm here to help, but I'm kind of scuzzy and just, I look like, I look, I look nice, but I'm just, he doesn't feel like the character should be. Also, Leah McHugh as Sprite. She works. She's playing an eternally young person who's been around forever, who's older than most people, but they treat her like a kid. And it's like she has this world-weary way about her, and kind of like that part and then we have Kamal Nanjani as Kingo and I like that he's this character who is he seems like he's an asshole because he's always like it's about me I gotta make my movies gotta make all my stuff I've been around forever but he's like there's the quiet moments where he, he shows that he's like the reason why I do this is because of you or because of this and it's he's a good person but he's kind of a jerk I mean the best thing though is his assistant his assistant is oh the- I love his assistant did you get that? Of course I've got that. Oh, yeah. It's, he's, and then Gemma Chan is Cersei. She holds the, she's the one who holds the story together, and it's Cersei. She works. Um, another character we haven't brought up is, of course, we have, well, don't want to, Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman, which a lot of people are kind of devised about this some people say oh he should have just been a regular guy and it's like no his thing is he's got something important going on with him for me i like how they ended this movie i like how they ended it with him and it makes me more interested in where this is going and my thought is is this the first of a new series that it's like okay you kind of have to watch it to get all the other stuff but it's the one that you put on in the background while you're making popcorn and getting ready for the second one. Yeah, that's just it. This is a have on the background with our rating scale. This is our second to lowest rating. It's a have on the background while doing other stuff. It's Let's jump to it. Um, like the For the most part, the cinematography is amazing. The CG is kind of rough. It's like really rough. You look at end game and then you look at this and what the fuck happened it's like there's like glitches and twitches that aren't great the visuals stunning but the 
some of the CG is rough. Really rough. And the plot, there's issues. As a Marvel Cinematic movie, this is not my lowest film, but it's pretty damn close. It's in the bottom tier. It's... I respect that. If they had introduced some of these characters earlier and seeded them and then done the ensemble piece, this would have worked so much better. If they had seeded Cersei, Icarus, Sprite, somewhere in the beginning, we would have it would have been so much better received. It's not as bad as The Inhumans, which was a movie, TV series that just did horrible. We don't even talk about that. Got canceled because of that. But this is... This is the problem with Cosmic Marvel. Cosmic Marvel can be amazing, astonishing, but then it's just confusing as well. Yes. Would you prefer this to have been taking place outside of Earth? For the Cosmic Marvel aspect? Um... No, I liked it taking place on Earth. I liked the story of protecting the people falling in love with the people. I hate the twist, the plot twist, which if I bring up is going to spoil things. I hated that, but it totally makes sense. But I like, I like that it took place on earth. I like, I liked all the little history nuggets that they showed. Like, if I was a history teacher, I would have my students see this and then say, okay, where are the inaccuracies? And I'd have that be, like, bonus points. That would be kind of cool. Or extra credit or, you know. One thing, so, besides our rating, one thing I will say about this movie is this movie is very much like Weathering With You, where it's Mm -hmm. kind of a... Do what you do for love over everything else, over the greater good. And that's an interesting element. Take it what you will, but yeah, that's what I'm going to have to say about this movie. It's okay. It's decent. It's not the best. Um, if you saw this, let us know I like it. I enjoyed it. I'm excited on where it's going, but I'm waiting for the sequel. This felt like homework. It did. And as a, as Phase 4 movies go, this is the weakest of the Phase 4 movies right now. Yeah. Phase 4 right now, it is this at the bottom, then it's going to be Black Widow, and then Shang-Chi at the top. But still an enjoyable day out at the movies. Yeah, it, it was fun to see it in the movies, and there was a lot of fun. Also, seeing Patton Oswalt back again, but officially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not just in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, it's only his voice, but still, seeing that is really cool. But that was fun. And now he's officially in three different versions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's on the TV as MODOK. He's in the TV series as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then this movie... Don't he, spoil it! He's a character that I didn't think would ever show up. but And that's one of the issues is his design. I hope if when they bring him back, they fix that. Because it looks pretty janky. Like, I'm used to Guardians of the Galaxy level... Uh, CG at this point, we don't have to go back to 1997 CG. True. And that was 1997 CG. <laughs> and also, Harry Styles. <laughs> Let's be honest. That already was spoiled. But that was spoiled already, so yes, that's okay. Harry Styles is Star Fox, one of the rapiest of all of all heroes. But I thought he did a good job. 
Yeah, Harry, he's in it for a minute. Harry Styles, seeing that was shocking. It's like, really? Harry Styles? You got him in the movie? I didn't expect that. He's probably like totally geeky and ready to be. I want to be in a Marvel movie. They're like, okay, we'll give you one role. You have two minutes. Don't screw it up. Yeah, it's, but, the, but picking Star Fox, that is, that is. So for those of you, and this is me getting into a little geekiness, Star Fox is Thanos' little brother. Thanos is also an Eternal, but the difference is that Thanos has the Deviant Gene. That's why he's purple and not handsome. And that's why he has certain powers. Meanwhile, his brother Eros, Star Fox, his whole power is love. He makes people fall in love with him, and he uses it for very nefarious... Like, he's a good guy, but he's very kind of like... He's been around a lot. Everyone from She-Hulk to Titania, and I think... Maybe three of the X Men, all with him. So yeah, he's he like, gets around. He's like a friendlier Purple Man. That's the best way to describe him: a friendlier, not not a friendlier Purple Man. Which that's kind of bad to say because Purple Man was a horrible monster. But yeah, anywho, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, I know it was mini review, and we went twenty minutes, but. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, let us know what you think. You can email us at zanspirekin.com or tweet us at Spirekin. Uh, we'll see you guys next time because I think the next movie we're going to be talking about is... I honestly don't know. Maybe. We're going to find out. We're going to find out and let you know. So as usual, I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time and keep watching movies. See you later.